0: To enjoy jesus and to glorify jesus our vision is broken people coming together to embrace and extend jesus's love scanning the qr code located in the front of the worship guide allows you to connect to all online information about our church the giving of tithes and offerings along with our social media platforms all in one place guests please click on the menu for first time guests at the village church we believe that the giving of tithes and offerings is an act of worship you may give to the vision and mission of the church online, or you may mail a check to our address, 2103 Virginia Billboard, Huntsville 35811. Or after the service, you may drop your offering off in the designated area at the back of the sanctuary. After worship, 1050 a.m. Sunday equipping classes for all ages, 1215 p.m., Village Group in the church house. This week, Monday, August 21st, 8.15 p.m., Pierce Pierce Men Group in the church house. Wednesday, August 23rd, um, 5 p.m., Goods and Men Group in the church house. Thursday, August 24th, 7 a.m., Shipman's Men's Group at Just Love Coffee. Friday, August 25th, 6.30 a.m., O'Neill Men's Group at Bridge Street, Panera. Sunday, August 27th, 9.30 a.m., Worship Service with conven- Communion and a Focus with Intervarsity. 10 a.m., Sunday Equipping Classes for All Ages. 10.15 p.m., Goods and Village Group in the Church House. We continue to c- collect our Welcome to the Neighborhood Boxes. Collect your, check your flock note for the Welcome Box sign-up, genius. Um, these are your nice announcements. Please govern yourself accordingly.
1: Good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made all nice and sunny outside. And we have plenty of reasons to rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. I invite you, just for a few moments, to to think about your week, past week, last week. And can can you think of one thing? one way that you saw God's faithfulness in your life last week? Can you think of that one thing? Maybe you can think of two or three. Maybe all week you had your eyes fixed on Jesus, and so every time he did something, you were like, yes. Do you have the thing in your mind? And maybe you don't, because it was that kind of week. And if that's the case, I would invite you to consider that you're sitting here, breathing, hearing my voice, and that's a, a sign of God's faithfulness to you, even if last week was kind of rough. So. As we sing this song, I encourage, invite you to think about that thing, those things, those ways that you saw the hand of God move, the ways that the Spirit encouraged you, um, either directly or through those around you, the answered prayers, the bills that got paid, the food that you ate the breath in your body. All of those are are ways that he demonstrates daily, moment to moment, his love for us. So focus on those things while we sing this song. Great is
2: thy faithfulness, oh, God, my Father, there is no shadow of turning with Thee. Thou changest not; Thou compassions they fail not. As Thou hast been, Thou forever. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, more
1: mercies are new every morning we thank you and we praise you spirit move in a mighty way in this place in jesus name amen if you would please stand for our call to worship it's taken from psalm 95 verses 1 through 3 and verse 6 please join with me where it says people oh come Let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Amen. highly exalted. That's why we are here to lift the name of the most high God because he is worthy of all of our praise and all of our glory. He is great and glorious. He is majestic and marvelous. He is passionate and powerful. He is mighty. He is strong. He is our all in all. He is our strength. Jesus, Lamb of God, we worship you today. Please join me in singing this little song. You are my strength. Sing it to the Lord.
2: You are my strength when I am. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. Seeking you as a precious jewel. Lord, to give up I be a fool. You are my all in all. You are my strength my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. Seeking you. Seeking you as a precious jewel. Lord to give up I'd be a fool. You are my
3: You may not be seated. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. Amen. I'd like to take this time to give honor to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to the ministers in the roster, Elder Richard. Good morning. And to each of you, my sisters in Christ, and brothers in Christ. This is a time when we have a prayer of praise, but I want to do something a little bit different. So I'm going to need the parents to work with me on this as well. This is an opportunity where we thank the Lord and give him praise for watching over our kids. I know that a lot of our kids are going off to college. Many of them are going back to school. But this is a time when we can thank the Lord for his protection. Oftentimes we want to pray. We want to get together and really talk about things after a big to-do or something bad has happened. So I want to take this time. If you are a kid and you're in this building, I would like for you to come up front and the elders are going to pray for you. Grace, Ryan, Ian, Reagan, all of the kids. I would like for you to come up because this is the time to pray and consult our Master about His protection and His love for us. And we're going to you turn around and we're going to pray for you guys. Thank you for your cooperation. I know this is something that we have not done, but. I think it's a beautiful thing that when we go to the Lord early and really ask for protection. Some of these kids are dealing with things that we may never know that they deal with. Some of them have sorrows that they deal with. Some of the people have things that when they walk into a classroom, they don't feel comfortable. Come on, beautiful. Come on. Gabe, grab her hand. Okay, never mind. <laughs> but um I Often, I can tell you a story about me. When I was coming up and I went to school, I hated the first day of school. For those who don't know me, my first name is Shannon. It's difficult for a kid when they're young and they walk into a classroom with people they don't know. And they got to establish new relationships. Then it's also a different thing when you got to actually um, feel feeling insecurities and you don't know who you are in Christ. And I think this is the, the wonderful thing that Alex always does. He try to make sure that our kids know who they are in Christ more than anything. I like to think the McClure's the way they share the gospel um, and how they really pour into our kids because the wrong time to find out who they are is when they're leaving for school every day. Every day we got to make sure they believe the gospel. That they're hearing the gospel. That they understand the gospel. They know who they are in the gospel. Children do you know the gospel? That's a yes or no. Amen. I need for you to know this. But I want you to be encouraged that no one despise your youth. God has given each one of you a gift. Right Grace? God has given you a skill that when you walk in the classroom, that you can minister to some people that that don't look like you, may not know as as smart as you are, Grace, because we know that you're smart and you're beautiful. Right, Grace? Amen, amen, amen. So I want to encourage you guys. Be excited about who God has created you to be. Be confident in your skin that you're in. God loves you. Your church family loves you. Your elders love you. Your pastor loves you. He tells you every time he does the Lord's Supper in this table that we're going to do today. Let us pray, shall we? Lord, you are good and your mercy endures forever. Lord, you are faithful to the very, very, very end. Lord, we thank you for your son whom you sent to die on the cross for every soul that's in his room and across this world. Lord, you're committed to us when we're not even committed to you and we're not even thinking about you. But Lord, I come to you on the behalf of these kids that you'll give them confidence, that you'll give them encouragement. Lord, let them be aware of the sacrifice, the great sacrifice that you have given when you sent your son. That, Lord, you have given them every, every spiritual gift that they need for holiness and righteousness and purity and all those things that come with it, Lord. Lord, I pray when they walk in a room, Lord, they proclaim your name and the world could see it. But just by the way they walk, they don't have to share their faith, but just walk it out. Just walk it out. But then when they, when, they, when, the, when the world look at them they say there's something special about that kid that kid is a little bit different Lord I pray for the kids that went off to college Lord I pray down in Troy Lord that you put a hedge of protection around about him Lord I pray to Lord God that all the teaching that's been poured into him for all of 18 and 19 years Lord that it comes to fruition that Lord he lives it out before you in Troy and that Lord he gets involved with a community that loves you that can help him walk that he doesn't have to walk alone and Lord, you know the McClure's name. So Lord, I pray, Lord, that you will bless his going and his coming. Lord, I pray that you will keep the evil one away to devour, Lord God, from everyone. Lord, there are shootings going on in schools often. Too often for my liking. It's, we, it's happened so much, we've gotten used to it. And this should not be the case. So Lord, I pray, Lord God, that you continue to do the only you can do. As parents, Lord God, we have to just submit and know that, Lord, you're going to have to do it. And as Pastor Alex said, Lord, if you don't do it, it just won't get done. So, Lord, we pray that you send your Holy Spirit with these kids every morning when they wake up. I pray, Lord, that you give our kids wisdom. Give them, the, help them make the right judgment call. Lord, Lord, teach them how to move and not move and wait on you when they don't understand. Lord, I pray that they be diligent in their studies. Lord God, I pray that they will organize their day that they wouldn't waste their time. Lord God, I pray that every hour has been allocated to something positive for you and for their growth and holiness and righteousness, Lord God. And Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit will help them convict them, and you will speak to them, Lord, as you did Moses in the burning bush. Lord God, I pray, Lord God, they will hear your voice today. And if they're still wavering about whether they know you and their salvation, Lord, this day will be their calling. If they will hear you, Lord God, and they will run to the cross, and they will seek your face. Lord, I pray as parents, Lord God, that we'll learn how to minister to them. Each kid is different. All these kids just different. For whatever reason, they different, Lord. But, Lord, you know every last one of their hearts and what their, their sorrows, their sadness, their joys, you know how to motivate them in a way that we just can't. I can't. And I understand, our, we should understand our weakness as parents, that, Lord, if you don't do it, it just will not get done. Lord, I pray that you help them uh, fashion them, Lord, for your glory. If it's being a teacher, if it's being a police officer, if it's the military. Whatever that it may be, Lord God, a GM, VP, but Lord, I pray that you will fashion them for your glory, most of all, that they will be most happiest in you when you're glorified. Lord, I thank you so much for them coming up here today. We love all our kids. Thank you for the Village Church, because they are the life of us. In Jesus' name, we do pray. And all God's children said, amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Now, here's the hard part. It's where you start confessing your sin. To everyone. <laughs> amen. Amen. Um, the confession of sin will come from Exodus 32, chapter 32, verse 33. But the Lord said to Moses, whoever has sinned against me, I will blot out of my book. That is a tough one. So let us focus on our sin and live at the feet of the Lord that he will forgive us let us meditate and as always our Lord's mercy extends and it covers a multitude uh The assurance of pardon comes from Psalms 34, verse 22. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. Amen. Amen. Amen.
4: y'all. Today we're going to read John, for today we'll just read John 3, 1 through 8. Uh, If if you're able, please stand. So, uh, So it says, Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Do not marvel that I said to you, You must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. This is the Word of God. You may be seated.
2: Gave me my hands to reach out to men to show him. Now I'm free. I just want to be more there.
5: TVC Saints and Guests. It's good to be back with y'all. Recovered from COVID and feeling like my normal self again. So if you have your Bible, please open it to John chapter three. To John chapter three. What happens as as you pour water? into a bucket with holes. Yes, it leaks out. A bucket with holes can't permanently hold water. doesn't matter if it's a slow leak or fast leak. Each of you here were were given a figurative bucket with holes in it when you joined the village church. Water was poured into that bucket, and that water is the mission and vision of our church. Our mission is to know, to enjoy, to glorify Jesus. Our vision is broken people coming together to embrace and to extend Christ's love. Beautiful and wonderful words, a confessional reality, hopefully, yet a functional reality as well. But mission and vision leaks. It does, it's normal, it's natural. For for the bucket you receive when you join a church, it it comes with holes. And that's why the water has to constantly be poured into it. That's why preaching on the mission and vision of our church each year is important. It's an attempt to refill your bucket. How much water do you have left? Is it a slow leak or fast leak? the vision doesn't continuously be refilled, you end up leaving the church eventually. Remember, vision and mission always leaks. TBC Saints guest this Resurrection Advocate sermon series is an attempt to refill your leaking bucket. How? How are we going to do that this year? By being broken people coming together to embrace and extend Christ's love through evangelism. We're going to see how Jesus himself functions as an advocate for the gospel. We're going to see how he practiced evangelism. We're going to see how we can even walk in his footprints. I've said this once before. We don't create our own footprints in the sand. We simply walk in the ones Christ has already left behind. Then, that's an the amen statement. So if I open your Bible, or your Bible app to John chapter 3. The text is John uh, verses 1 through 8. The title is A Pharisee Part 2, A Pharisee Part 2. The big idea is this. If you take notes, please write it down or take a mental note. Jesus knows the problem. That's the big That's the big idea of this sermon and the one next week too. Jesus knows the problem. Please pray with him for me. Holy Spirit, as I often pray and will continue to pray, as long as you have me here as the pastor of this church, and it's that we need you. Preaching has no power apart from you. The preacher is just a person. he needs the same grace that is preached. So Holy Spirit, you are in tune with us. You see us, you know us, our fears, our insecurities. You even know what each of us need to receive from this word today. And I pray that you will move aside our flesh, move aside our worries, move aside our agenda, move aside the plans that we got to do when we leave here. And just for a few moments, let us continue to be in this place with the right spirit and the right attitude and the right mindset. And I pray that you would do that for our good and for the glory of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. John chapter 3 introduces us to a man. This man's name means victory of the people. He is a man of importance, a man of influence, status, and power. Victory of the people is a Pharisee. This is what I mentioned a few weeks ago. He's a member of a religious group that that adheres to a strict following of the Mosaic law. Victory of the people is also a a ruler of the Jews. That means he's a member of the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin is is a political and judicial council headed by the high priest, similar to our Supreme Court. Victory of the people is both religious and political. So who is this man? His name is Nicodemus. This man decides to to pay Jesus a visit one night. He comes to Jesus looking good on the outside. How many of you came here today looking good simply on the outside? No issues, no needs, no problems. He appears to be living a victorious life. He stands before Jesus like one who truly believes, like one who has genuine faith. Look at verse 2 with me. Nicodemus says to Jesus, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher from God, for no one can do the signs that you do unless God is with him. Notice the plural pronoun, we. That includes Nicodemus and it also includes the other Jewish religious leaders and maybe even other members of the Sanhedrin. And notice there are no lies in Nicodemus' words. You see, Nicodemus and the other leaders, they have seen Jesus perform his miracles. And and what they have seen has led them to some truthful knowledge about Jesus. Nicodemus is saying to Jesus, we know you are a teacher. We know you come from God. We know God is with you. That's why you can do the signs that you do. All true. Is any of, that, is it, or any of those words a lie? No, all facts. Jesus is a teacher. Jesus is sent from God. God is with Jesus. But TBC saints and guests, is their knowledge here, genuine faith, and genuine belief. What about yours? Their knowledge isn't genuine faith and belief. You see, there's a difference between acknowledging facts about Jesus and believing in Jesus' name. It's a big difference. I should have more than one amen. It's a difference between knowing Bible stories about Jesus, a difference between knowing the catechisms, And then believing in Jesus' name. Acknowledging facts and truths about Jesus is not trusting in his name. A person can acknowledge all kinds of facts about Jesus and still be lost. Jesus knows these words from Nicodemus are not coming from a place of genuine faith. Because Jesus sees right through Nicodemus' words and he sees right to his heart. And the same is true for us. Jesus sees through our words. He sees through our actions. He sees through our intentions. And he sees directly into your heart with 20 vision. That means you can't hide. And what do you think Jesus sees inside Nicodemus' heart? He sees curiosity. That's why he, he comes to Jesus. Jesus also sees spiritual unbelief. Spiritual darkness, spiritual lostness. And that's the problem Jesus knows. You can look good on the outside and still be spiritually lost. Sometimes in the Bible Belt, I have to unconvert people to convert them. So Jesus doesn't even respond to the facts that Nicodemus acknowledges about him. Instead, he goes right to the heart with a deeper spiritual truth. And he introduces this word with a solemn emphatic, truly, truly. These words, whenever you see Jesus use those two words, he is speaking with authority. He said, what I'm getting ready to tell you is the truth. Look at verse 3. He says to Nicodemus, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Jesus changes the direction of the conversation while connecting with Nicodemus at the same time. Jesus establishes common ground with Nicodemus. A connection point is made, and that's a principle for, for us when it comes to evangelism. Find a connection point with people before you dump, go into the, the gospel presentation. Establish some common ground with them. How does Jesus do it with Nicodemus? Can you see it? He simply uses Nicodemus' own words. In verse 2, Nicodemus says, For no one can do the signs you do, Jesus, unless God is with you. And then Jesus responds, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless it's the word that, that Jesus used to make a connection point. He uses this word to show that a person must be born again, must be born from above in order to see the kingdom of God. Now put yourself in Nicodemus' shoes at the moment. You come to Jesus at night, and this is what Jesus tells you. What thoughts are going through your mind? Now, what thoughts are going through your mind? Be honest. What emotions do you feel at this point? Nicodemus is like, wait, what? Born again? Born from above? Like, what does that even mean? I don't understand the words coming out of your mouth, Jesus. Biologically, it's impossible for a person to be born again. Make it make sense. So a curious Nicodemus, he asked two sincere questions. Look at verse 4. He asked Jesus, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Who is Nicodemus talking about here? Who is this man he's referring to? Is it a a man in general? Is it humanity in general? Or is it a particular person? Let's find out. In John 2, verse 25... It says, Jesus needs no one to bear witness about a man, for he himself knows what is in a man. And in John 3, verses 1 and 2, now there was a man of the Pharisees, not Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night. And now here in verse 4, Nicodemus said, how can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus is this man. He's talking about himself. He's asking Jesus, how can what you say be true of me? I'm an old man. How can I re-enter my mother's womb and and be born again, Jesus? He is curious. What about you? He's searching for something. What about you? What are you searching for? In the message Bible, Nicodemus says, how can anyone be born who has already been born and grown up? You can't re-enter your mother's womb and be born again. What are you saying with this born from above talk? TBC Saint Nicodemus wants clarification. He wants Jesus to explain what it means to be born again or to be born from above. We have another evangelism principle here. Don't be too quick to get through your gospel presentation. Slow down. Let people ask you questions. Evangelism is a dialogue, it's not a PowerPoint presentation. It's a conversation, it's not an academic lecture. Look at Jesus. He 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 gives clarification without belittling, without rebuking, and without shaming Nicodemus. He doesn't say Nicodemus. That is a stupid question. Does he say that? No. Look at verse 5 and 6. He says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. That which is of the fle- born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. Verses 5 and 6 are, are, is, is Jesus' explanation of what he says in verse 3. Born again from above is the same as born of water and the Spirit. To see the kingdom of God is the same as to enter the kingdom of God. Born of the flesh, this refers to physical birth. Born of the spirit refers to spiritual birth. One must have a spiritual birth in order to enter the kingdom of God. And that spiritual birth is done only by the power of the Holy Spirit. This means... Nicodemus' role as a Pharisee and a member of the Sanhedrin cannot produce the spiritual birth. His religious power, his political knowledge can't help him. His common grace insights about who Jesus is isn't enough. Being an image bearer isn't enough. being, being Being a Jew and his ethnicity isn't enough. Being in close proximity to Jesus isn't enough. Being named victory of the people isn't enough. Being a man of importance and status and influence and power isn't enough. Nothing he has done in the past, nothing he's doing in the present, and nothing he shall do in the future will ever give him this new birth. And the same is true for us. Nicodemus can't merit being born from above. Neither can I. TVC Saints and Guests, we cannot give ourselves a new spiritual birth. We are passive passive recipients of it. But do you believe it? Do you believe it? Who knows what a briar is? A briar. All gardeners should know what that is. It's a plant that usually has a woody or thorny or prickly stem like a rose. I came across, Kevin, can you, oh, Reagan's back there, okay. Thank you, Reagan. I came across an illustration this week about a briar. It says, there was once a briar growing in a ditch, and there came along a gardener with a spade. As he dug around it and lifted it up, the briar said to itself, what is he doing? Doesn't he know I'm a worthless briar? But the gardener took it into his garden and planted it in the midst of his flowers. While the briar said, what a mistake he's made planting me amongst these beautiful roses. Then the gardener came once more and made a slit slit in the briar with a sharp knife and, and grafted it with a rose. And when summer came, lovely roses. blooming out of the old briar and then the gardener said to this briar your beauty is not due to what came out of you but to what I put inside can you go back to the first one Reagan thank you look at that first image that's day one of the um, grafting process next image that's day 35 next image that's day 50 next image day 60. Remember what the gardener said. Your beauty is not due to what came out of you, but what I put in you. TVC Saints, this grafting process is an example of what Christian theologians call regeneration. And no, I'm not talking about Minecraft. This regeneration is being born from above. It's what it means to be born again. It's being born of spirit and water. It is the new spiritual birth. Regeneration is what Jesus knows that Nicodemus needs. And then to be honest, it's what every human being needs who doesn't have saving faith in Jesus. They need to be born again. TBC Saints, regeneration is God fulfilling the promise he made in Ezekiel 36. Do you know what God promises in Ezekiel 36? He says, I will sprinkle clean water on you. You shall be clean from all your uncleanliness. From all your idols, I will cleanse you, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove your heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. Regeneration is God saying, your beauty as a Christian is never what comes out of you, but it's what I put in you. It's what I put in you. It's what I put in you. Regeneration is a, it's a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit, and it does not involve human effort, work, productivity, or performance. Write that down. The Shorter Catechism, the Shorter Catechism calls this effectual calling. The Catechism says effectual calling is the work of God's Spirit Whereby by convincing us of our sin and misery, enlightening our minds in the knowledge of Christ, renews our wills, and he persuades and enables us to embrace Jesus as he's freely offered to us in the gospel. This means regeneration comes before any profession of saving faith in Jesus' name. The only reason any of us came to faith is because of what God did in us in the spirit first. Because if God didn't move first, we still lost. We still lost. The late R.C. Sproul said, Regeneration is a sovereign act of God in which humanity plays no part. After God brings us to life, of course, We certainly are involved in cooperating with him. We are to believe and trust and obey and work for him. But unless God acts first, we would never be born again in the first place. We must realize it is not as if dead people have faith and because of their faith agree to be regenerated. God regenerates them. Rather, it is because God has regenerated us and given us new life that we have faith. It is because God has regenerated us and given us new life that we have faith. We have some more evangelism principles here. First, our evangelism does not regenerate people. That is not your lane. That is not your lane. That is not your lane. You can't be people's Holy Spirit. That is not our lane. For regeneration is is the Spirit's lane, and He's doing just fine. Second, our evangelism doesn't control how and when the Spirit will regenerate a person's heart. We can have all the tr- we're going to we're going to do some training for, for evangelism here soon, but no, that does not dictate how the Spirit moves. We don't control the Holy Spirit. If, he, if we could control the spirit, then he wouldn't be part of Godhead. Look at verses 7 to 8. Jesus says to Nicodemus, do not marvel that I said you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes. You hear it sound, but you do not know where it comes from. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. This is a third principle. Evangelism. It's us showing up and being fully present with people as we share the gospel while trusting that the Holy Spirit is at work, even if that person doesn't make a profession of faith. You gotta believe that. It's us just showing up and being fully present with people in that moment while trusting that the Spirit is at work. Even if that person does not respond to your presentation, even if that person rejects you and shuts you down, belittles you, you have to know that the spirit is still at work. No amen? The spirit blows where he wishes. Now, you would sense him moving, but you would never fully bear to comprehend how he does his work. You gotta keep this mystery, y'all. This supernatural, y'all. And so for some of you who have family members who aren't believers and close friends who are not believers, stop trying to be the Holy Spirit. Love them, be present with them, share the gospel with them, but trust that the Spirit still is at work. I'm a believer because of my mother's prayers. She prayed for us when I was younger. I didn't become a believer to college. I went to church every Sunday. Said on the gospel every Sunday. I had people on my football team share the gospel with me. But none of but but none, I didn't come to faith until my freshman year of college. But I believe it was because of the prayers of my mother and the other people that God placed in my life along the way, they all planted seeds in me. But it wasn't right, my timing hadn't been right yet. The time it was when I went to college, sat in this campus ministry, and for the first time in my life, I was like, man, I am a sinner separated from God. I've heard that my whole life. I heard it in church every Sunday. But this that night, it was different. That night, the scales fell off. That night, it all made sense. It was the first time I didn't go to sleep in the, in the Christian service because he had my the spirit had me that night in a way that he never had me before so trust that he is able to do far more abundantly than we can ask or think when it comes to our evangelistic efforts as a church and when it comes to our evangelical efforts as individuals he's able to do it this is not the spirit's first rodeo he is able Please look at the table before you. This table is a a full reminder of the fact that God is able to do far more abundantly than we can ask or think. It is a reminder that he sent Jesus to do what none of our works or of our sacrifices were able to do, and that is to pay the full price for our sins. This meal is for the spiritual nourishment for each of you here if you have saving faith in Jesus. We believe that something supernatural happens in these common elements, that the Spirit actually used the Lord's Supper to give spiritual nourishment to his beloved. So as you're meditating and praying, when we pass out the elements, ask the Spirit to nourish you mentally, physically, emotionally, and believe that he is at work. This is another supernatural work of the Spirit that we don't control. control. But you can ask him, and he will come. He will come. Now, there is a warning attached to the meal so that we don't eat – in, 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 in an unworthy matter, so that means if there's someone you have un- reconciled conflict with, go make be made right with your brother and sister, then come back. But if your conscience is clear, then the Spirit of Jesus welcomes you to this table. Um, family and friends, if if you don't profess faith in Christ, thank you for being here. And if you have questions about what it means to have faith in Jesus, please see me. Richard, or one of the women shepherds of the Marco Alpha service, and we'll lovingly sit down with you and share with you more about this wonderful news of how you can be made right with God. Adults, we ask that the kids with you abstain from the elements until they have been invited to the table by the church that you are a member of. Now, can I have the attention of all TVC kids and guests? Give Pastor Alex your attention for one moment. This meal is a reminder that Christ loves you. This meal is a reminder that he died on the cross, really, for all your sins, past, present, and future. Put this way. This is a meal that reminds you that Jesus likes you. He likes you. He likes spending time with you. He wants to know you. He wants to be your friend. And so as your pastor, it's my prayer that each and every one of you young people will come to save in faith and know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And that when you leave here and graduate, go to college, that you will walk out of here firmly grounded in what you believe to be true. And so, if you again, if you have questions, I say this every time I do communion. If you have questions about communion or anything, you can call me. Your parents have my number. on your pastor, too. So give me a call. Like I said, we can go to DQ and we I get your ice cream and we can talk. So take me up on that offer, free ice cream. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, there, there is nothing that we can do in our own power to dictate how you move. All we can do is ask for mercy. We ask for mercy. We ask that you will move in our lives and our families and our relationships and our trauma, past hurts, that you provide the healing that's needed, the comfort that is needed, and for some of us, the courage that's needed, because we, we we just can't do it in our own strength. So nourish us today through this meal. Give us the wisdom that we need, the, the rest that we need, the peace of mind that we need, the boldness that we need. Give what only you can give. I pray for all this in Christ's name. Amen. The Lord Jesus, on the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And having given thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat. This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Amen. Daughters, is Christ's body broken for you? Eat of it, all of you. In the same manner, he also took the cup. And having given thanks, he said to the disciples, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. beloved sons and daughters of a good father this is Christ's blood shed for all of our sins past, present and future drink from it all of you Holy Spirit as I pray earlier I pray that you will use this meal to give us the spiritual nourishment that we need as we go out into another week and I pray that you will help us to believe the things we know to be true and I pray for all this in Christ's wonderful name. Amen. Will you please stand, saints?
2: We have heard the joyful. Of-
5: Mission mission partners month and so each Sunday in August we're going to have one of our mission partners come and share. Uh, today we we'll want to welcome Marcus Nobles.
6: Thank
7: you ma'am. Uh, RUF is Reform University Fellowship is the PCA's college campus ministry. And I like to think of RUF as the church's food truck. Anybody ever been to a really good food truck? I'm a big fella. I like to eat. This analogy works for me. Um, Like a food truck, usually you smell it before you see it, right? It has really good food, right? Um, It doesn't have a big menu. They only do a few things, but they do them really well. And a food truck drives to wherever hungry people are, and it feeds them something, Right? Likewise, with RUF, I get to drive the church's food truck. I get to package the gospel in a beautiful and irresistible way, drive it to where souls are hungry, and feed them this irresistible meal that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we don't do a lot of things. We only do a few things, and we try to do them really well, right? And like at a good food truck, when you get a bite of that delicious and irresistible food, the first thing you ask is, where's the restaurant? How can I get more of this, right? Right? And likewise, I get to point college students back to church and tell them that if you thought this was good, you haven't even been to the restaurant yet. You haven't even tried the full menu. Go to church. Church is where the, where the, where the whole menu is. Church is the restaurant. Amen. So um, I've been here for a couple of years on, on Alabama A&M's campus. I had the pleasure to, 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 to step in um, after Amos Williams. And when I first got there, we were plowing concrete. Right? There were no students, there was no staff, it was post-COVID, there was barely a campus. right? And in the past two years, we've grown in an exponential way that has to be God at work. Um, there's nothing that I've done um, that has been so successful, but God has been very successful. So much so that we went from plowing the concrete and having no students to having just this past week an a on-campus worship service with over 120 students there on a Sunday evening. And of that 120 students last Sunday, the majority of those were freshmen, right? Like, how amazing is that? We have another worship service tonight at 6 o'clock on campus, and I'm looking forward to there being another 120 students there. Um, along with that exponential growth in our UF, the campus itself has also seen the exponential growth. AM's campus has doubled since last semester. Let me say that again. It's doubled since last semester. So last spring, there were about 5,000 students there. This fall, there's over 11,000 students registered. Right. Um, so we have a wonderful and beautiful problem. I don't know what to do with my hands. Um, the harvest is plentiful, and the laborers are few because it's just me. Right? So um, here are some ways that, that um, you can continue to pray for our UF on Alabama A&M's campus. Pray for our, our students. The majority of the students at Alabama A&M come from first-generation college, um, our first-generation college students and are coming from homes that can't afford to send them to college. So they have a lot of needs just straight out the gate, right? Pray for the faculty at Alabama A&M. The campus has doubled. There's twice as many people there, just in one semester. So you can imagine how overwhelming that is, not only for these freshmen that are new and in a new place, but for these professors, some who have been there for decades who are now dealing with twice as many students, right? And you can pray for for our RUF um, that we continue to be able to keep up with this exponential growth, that God continues to show up and do what God does. I'm sure that he will because his track record is perfect. And pray for um, this campus ministry that we can continue to reach and equip students for the kingdom of Jesus and Jesus Christ alone. Amen.
5: Thank you, Marcus. If you're interested in getting involved with RUF, please see Marcus at the end of the service. And you please stand for the benediction. Uh, I will ask you also to pray. We have a session meeting tonight, so please pray for your elders and women shepherds. Uh, Also, um, after the service for the adult SEC, we're going to talk about the women in ministry documents. So if you're interested in being part of the discussion, we'll meet up here in about five minutes after the benediction. So now here's God's benediction to his beloved. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.